former prime minister of note, Brian Mulroney, saying um, we have to immediately and urgently rethink relations with China. Good for you, Brian Mulroney, because uh, you don't need me to say it, but you're right. And he says it's uh, it's an immediate and urgent rethink because uh, China is not what maybe you expected it to be. And uh, he's he's praising Prime Minister Trudeau for, so am I on this one, for rejecting domestic demands to free uh, Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou in exchange for the release of two imprisoned Canadians. And uh, he's also talking about the fact that uh, if you want to use Huawei's equipment in 5G infrastructure in Canada, you better think about jeopardizing the intelligence sharing arrangement you've got with uh, Canada's Five Eyes Alliance. And those are pretty significant countries. You know, this is Australia and New Zealand and uh, the UK and the United States. Do you want to have uh, access to American intelligence or not? So these are the questions that he's asking. And he's saying, uh, this is not the country that uh, we once hoped it would be. Uh, my guest is Paul Evans. He's professor of Asia Pacific Security at UBC. Good morning, professor. Good morning from Vancouver. Well, I'd love to be in Vancouver right now, thank you. Just love to be there at any time. Uh, nice to have you aboard, and uh, you heard the setup, and I know you know the story. What do you think of uh, our former prime minister taking the position that he is? Well, I think a lot of people have recognized that we are going to need to have a, uh, uh, a comprehensive review of where we stand with China and, and the broader changing strategic scene. Uh, China's a part of it, but uh, our relationship with the United States as well. And so uh, the uh, call by uh, um, prime, former Prime Minister Mulroney uh, is one that is, is being echoed in many quarters. It's basically about how it can be done, how we can do that kind of review in, this, in the context of COVID, which has made, made things a little more difficult. But his, his basic point about the urgency of resetting uh, our consensus about China, the hope that China is going to develop in, in our image and in our direction, of democracy and uh, market capitalism, that isn't happening. And so what is the strategy, the general approach in this, in this new situation? And it's, uh, it's a process m m many of us have wanted to see for a long time, and it's, uh, it's urgent now because of the two Michaels and, and Madame Mung, and it's clear we're not going to have a way out of that impasse anytime soon. It doesn't look so. And, and uh, for a long time, Canadian government, and I, I must say of, of both stripes, uh, have figured that China would evolve and, and it had become uh, a much better partner in, uh, in international relations. Uh, we would see its economy grow and uh, we would see it join the uh, international table as more of a partner. And that really hasn't happened. And, and frankly, uh, it's been aggravated by uh, their presence, uh, and I would say large presence, in the South China Sea. Look, I, I would sum it up this way, and I'm not uh, at your level, you're the academic and you study this stuff. I'm just a, a Canadian who looks and says, I don't want to do business with them if I if I can avoid it. I have no problem with Chinese people. But a government under uh, Xi Jinping is not something that I had in mind. And, uh, and, and frankly, it scares me. This, this is a brutal dictatorship, Professor. Um, yeah, it's an authoritarian country, and I think we're all worried about what, what some call assertive Chinese nationalism, that is, making stuff, ma making them act uh, bolder and in some hard ways around their periphery, like Hong Kong, the national security story. But the overall picture is complicated, because in many areas, China is a responsible international actor. 
on issues like climate change, peacekeeping, a variety of the global issues. China uh, is, is an integral part of the global system. It is in organizations like the G20 and the United Nations, and on balance is a responsible actor. But there are elements of China's authoritarianism, not just in its own country uh, that is brutal, uh, but when it extends uh, into the way they, they treat some issues overseas, like Hong Kong uh, and what's going on. That's the most serious in Xinjiang domestically. And in, uh, they're, they're as a bigger, stronger, uh, more powerful country are starting to exert some influence in places like the South China Sea. So it's one that, you know, we're all puzzling because China is uh, acting like you'd expect a growing power to behave. But at the same time, they're not behaving well in a variety of ways, at least from our perspective and the perspective of most of the world. Well, Xi Jinping, sorry, I I don't mean to interrupt. Xi Jinping is, to me, quite a, he's a pretty bright guy. He plays things well on things. You mentioned climate change and so forth and how they participate, uh, that kind of thing. It's wonderful. But I look at uh, Hong Kong, for example, mm-hmm. and I, I'm thinking, considering the arrests and the brutalization of people in Hong Kong who want the relationship with China to remain what it was supposed to be, um, should that play a role in our future relationship? Yeah, uh, I think that um, what we're seeing is a hardening of Chinese positions on on these matters of sovereignty uh, and non-interference. And uh, we, uh, I think everyone is very worried and nervous about what is happening in this new national security law in Hong Kong. Uh, The Hong Kong people themselves, the international community. Beijing is acting uh, in, uh, in a hard way without deep consultation with Hong Kong and basically changing the formula. In Hong Kong, the idea was one country, two systems. What's happening is the one country part, China enforcing its kind of approach to security. That's what they're putting into Hong Kong now. And it's, it is something that for Canadians is very alarming because of our deep connections with Hong Kong, uh, human-wise. Also because of the application of some of those rules to Hong Kongers who live in Canada. So yeah, we it's a it's a topic of great worry and great concern. And some well, it sounds, Professor, like you're agreeing to, uh, to a large extent, maybe to totally with what uh, Prime Minister Mulroney is saying. I, I'm thinking Five Eyes don't want to jeopardize that relationship, uh, which means you, you've got to say to the uh, the cell carriers, you're not going to put Huawei infrastructure there. You've got to you've got to have the stones to be able to say it. Uh, you've you've also got to uh, suck it up where it comes to the two Michaels. I hate to say that, but uh, we have a treaty with the United States that uh, you either uh, act with honor on the international stage or your signature isn't worth anything. Um, the Huawei one is, I, I think, you know, it's a, double, it's, it's a double dimension problem. Huawei and our 5G systems and then Huawei and Madam Meng. On the, the Huawei 5G part, um, I think uh, Prime Minister Mulroney is correct that the consequences for Canada for not banning Huawei as a core player in our system would be significant. The Americans have used more pressure on Canada and other countries, uh, Western countries, to keep away from Huawei than they have on any issue since the Iraq War. Uh, and uh, there's, <laughs> there are national security concerns and cyber concerns about Huawei. Those have been dropped. This is straight pressure, threats, um, and intimidation. 
And uh, I, <laughs> it's a tough thing for Canadians when um, we're being told we have to do something we might not agree with because it's in uh, the, the Americans are going to threaten us with punishments. Uh, that's, um, that's the hard part of this issue to swallow. This is power politics. Well, it is on the one hand. On the other hand, there it's not just the Americans, as much as that pressure may exist. There, uh, there are three other countries with which we're very close, uh, New Zealand, Australia, and, uh, and the UK, which is really more than one country, of course, um, that have already made that decision. Well, uh, in, in, in point of fact, the UK hasn't made their decision. They, they're prevaricated, they're going back and forth, and I think the timing of Canada's announcement on Huawei is on the 5G Huawei is going to depend in part on where the UK finally lands. The only country that is fully backing the American complete ban is Australia. Even New Zealand is more nuanced. And if we do a map of the world uh, of roughly 120 countries that are coming up with 5G systems, more than 80 of them are committed to Huawei already. So this is this is a battle between the United States and China. Uh, and we may not have much discretion in, in where we land on this, but other countries are pretty nuanced um, in, in what they're doing. But being cut off from American intelligence, uh, at least to some extent, would be harmful. The Americans are also making other threats that go well beyond the 5 eye information sharing uh, if Canada doesn't uh, line up with them on this one. Lots to think about, and uh, our relationship with China, uh, the ever-changing presence of China in our world, uh, and what, how we manage it, I guess we're going to have to consider that carefully over the weeks, months, and years to come. Thank you so much for your time. Wonderful speaking with you, Peter. Thank you.